with all the complications to life, sometimes we forget just how short life is and how much um, emphasis we put on just what we're dealing with right now in this moment. And because of that, we often don't really have a clear idea of what it is that we're trying to create because we get so wrapped up in life. And then we just think that life's just going to keep going on, keep going on, and things will get better at some point in time in the future. But we, we never really spend time to really define what it means to be successful. Yeah, I think in the overwhelm of life and our to-do lists and just getting through the day, we forget to dream. And in order for us to manifest our dreams, we sometimes don't realize that we actually need to sit down and speak those dreams so that we can bring them into reality. But they might be just swimming in our minds and the desire is there, but we feel victim to our days and our overwhelm. So it's hard to even know what that could look like. Yeah, so even speaking of the hormonal system, if we're constantly in that fight or flight, that state of stress, it's really hard to dream. It's, we're really just in this moment. and so. It's an interesting dance between being present and also having a clear definition of what su success means for you mm -hmm. and how to actually move towards a goal. Because if we are constantly in that fight or flight and putting out fires, it's really hard to move towards a goal. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So we're going to dive into that and more, so stay tuned. Welcome to the Health Ignited Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Nick and Sonia Jensen. We are partners, parents, business partners, doctors, yoga teachers, and retreat leaders. We promise to bring you real conversations to awaken and ignite your potential to live your best life possible. Join us each week as we dive into topics varying from brain health, biohacking, hormones, and longevity, to relationships, parenting, meditation, and more. Together, creating community and building stronger foundations for the generations to come. So as parents, we, we have clear, I think we have clear ideas around what it is that we want for our kids, right? But we have, it's not like we've sat down and wrote out, okay, Kyan's going to be this, he's going to live here, he's going to, going to get married at this age, you know. We, we have sort of a rough idea about what we want our kids' future to look like, right? But we never really sit, out, sit down and plan it. And why would we? Because it's their future. Um, but you know, that's, that's one thing I think that many of us will think about uh, the dreams that we have for, for others. And we'll, in some, some cases, we'll be more clear about dreams for others than we, than we are for ourselves. And so I wanted to just open a dialogue around, you know, defining success and getting clarity around, you know, all the different areas in our life that we're probably just moving through without really thinking about them a whole lot because we're, we're on autopilot. And maybe we haven't really defined what success means in a relationship or what successful health means or what successful parenting means. So let's, let's sort of dive into a discussion around this and, and why we just become complacent and just hope that things will probably get better in the future. Yeah, I think um, a lot of that, it's funny that you brought up, um, you know, as our dreams for the kids. Yeah. And I think that is what starts to shape our definition of success is our parents mm -hmm. in what their expectations are and how we get validated through our young years and then we start to see through their eyes what success is whether it's a certain type of house or car or job or relationship whatever that might be we do tend to gravitate towards trying to create a life that will then bring us that validation from our parents or from our community and from the culture. And so we never really sit down and wonder, what does success mean to me? Because it can look completely different than what the picture looked like for us growing up. Mm -hmm. But I think it's such an important place to start mm -hmm. because often, you know, especially in the, our younger years, we're really, and, and probably still now to some degree, like I still want my parents to be proud of me. Um, but we define our success based on what others are telling us success is. And so because we don't really even question it, we might set up little goals for ourselves here and there, but we're not really breaking down the entire structure of why we think the way that we do. And I think that's really important, you know, and so I'm glad that you, you found resonance there because if you were to live your life for your parents solely, how different do you think your life would be now versus the expectation? 
Oh, you know the answer to this. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm, not even fishing. I'm not even fishing from a relationship point of view. Uh-huh. But I just mean like all the decisions that, that yeah. we make are really sort of consciously or unconsciously reflected against the backdrop of the, that success that's been given to us or the definition of success has been given to us by our parents. And sometimes it's not even direct conversation. No. I know just listening to them speak to their friends or other individuals or with each other, I would pick up on different clues of like, oh, being a doctor means successful. Oh, a lawyer. That's what's necessary. And you start to tune into what they're saying to one another. There was no pressure on me to become a a doctor Mm -hmm. directly. Right. But I picked that up from them that, oh, if, if I became that, then that would make them happy. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is what success will look like because in their minds, especially as immigrant parents, they want to give their children everything, especially, I mean, in my family, it was all about education. And um, so education was always important. And the idea behind that was that if you have this education, that's something no one can take away from you. And from that, you'll have financial freedom and this, that, and, and that success. And, yet, and that's, a, that's a really beautiful principle, though. It is. Right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it can, um, I think, pigeonhole you into just thinking from that left brain and just thinking about, okay, what's the next course I'm going to do? What's the next class I'm going to do? What's the next degree that I'm going to get? to finally one day maybe get to what success feels like. Mm -hmm. You can keep completing it, and then all of a sudden internally you're still not feeling like you've accomplished anything because you haven't given yourself that time to recognize like your your other dreams. Like if if I could go back, like I probably would have wanted to be a dance choreographer Mm -hmm. instead of a doctor. And, but then when my brain would show up well how are you going to make a living out of that or how Mm -hmm. will you get your financial freedom because i was very clear i wanted to work to have financial freedom and that's a whole other story Mm -hmm. but um i think it's so important to yeah reassess like these decisions i've been making my whole life where did they actually come from Mm -hmm. so you know again you know if you fully lived out without just sort of closing off the idea of your own definition of success and lived out that life that you you were you suspected was the one that you were supposed to live um where do you think that that would take you because i think a lot of people might still be on that train Mm -hmm. right well for me um i was lucky enough to start questioning that especially in my 20s and I will say being in the training that we were in naturopathic school, it forced us to look internal a little bit more and working with patients. And at that time, seeing women in their 40s and 50s questioning everything, leaving their husbands and being depressed and getting diagnosed with all these diseases, I then took a step back and was like, whoa, okay, am I actually doing what I want to do or am I living for other people? And that's what kind of changed the trajectory of my life. But I know many people still stay on that train because nothing big has happened. There hasn't been something outrageous enough to stop them in their tracks. So they keep playing the same scenario over and over again, still on that hamster wheel, but knowing internally there's something wrong. Because maybe, yeah, maybe you're tired all the time, or maybe you're just not motivated for life, or maybe you're arguing all the time with your partner, or um, just not feeling motivated to follow whatever your passion might be because you can't even uncover that because you're in that survival state Mm -hmm. and so i think when you're on that wheel it's hard to know what something different could even feel like yeah it that's it's so helpful i think especially just given our training there was a lot of introspection we had a lot of courses that that encouraged self-reflection and to dive into some of the belief systems that we've had and and then how to help other people in that but it's it's often in life that life mirrors to us the things that maybe we want or don't want Mm -hmm. and so we're often looking to other people as a way to gauge success as well and so you know we clumsily find our way along a path that hopefully steers us towards some version of our our most full potential Mm -hmm. and you know so there's a little bit of um sorrow though like like you you have to grieve not being a professional dancer right (laughs) Never said professional. Well, I mean, you're, yeah. you're 
I mean, you're an amazing dancer. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable. I love watching you dance. It's it's a uh, it's incredible. So uh, where that could have gone, I mean, potentially it could have gone somewhere. Right. But how much fear would there have been if you decided to follow that path? Right. You know? Like yeah. I mean, you're you're up against so many different variables, right? Mm -hmm. And and not just the external, but my own internal, mm -hmm. um, because it wasn't defined enough in me what success is. Like, what does a successful life actually look like? Is it be is it waking up every morning and feeling good about yourself and looking forward to what the day brings, or is it making sure I hit that goal of getting that house at this age, having this amount of money for this vacation, da 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 like is it all of that? And maybe it's a bit of both, mm -hmm. but not recognizing um, that my everyday decisions are going to help either bring that closer to me, what it is that I really want, or make it go even further. And then I'm going to be left searching for that most of my life. And we don't all often know that that's what we're lacking or searching for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we grew up in a different time, technically because we weren't really exposed to social media and whatnot growing up. Um, it really only came, I think, probably at some point after we opened our business and a few years after that, where social media just really blew up. So just imagine, you know, going back to us as parents and taking a look at our kids and seeing what they're exposed to, because they're exposed to opportunity all over the place. And I think definition of success, like even going through school, like there's people that are just killing it doing like maybe dancing on TikTok. Right. Or like, you know, like Justin Bieber, I think he was someone. YouTube, yeah. yeah, YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know, these aren't these are people that are following a passion and then putting themselves out there in the world and getting picked up by, you know, agents or other other people that, that can really take their career to a whole nother level. So and but that's not the norm. That's a you know a few amount of people that are getting these amazing opportunities. But again, as a kid, you're seeing these success stories, and you're saying, "I want that." And right away. <laughs> right away, <laughs> yeah. exactly. You want that story of like they found me and now I'm over here yeah. instead of like looking at the steps that it took. There was a patient of mine just the other day. She said, "Compare and despair." Mm. Like those two go together because we. That is how we define what success is. We start to compare our lives to other people and yeah. they seem happier or they seem like they have it all together. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're left in that state of despair because everything is not then good enough. Mm -hmm. Which is so interesting because, you know, you, you mentioned just we want it now. And the amount of work that people put into Excel or be masterful in any of their you know, given area of expertise, mm -hmm. no one sees the hard work. No one sees the, the slogging, the, the discomfort, the fear, the pain, the anguish, the, you know, whatever it took to get to wherever they are, right? And, and whatever career that may be. But, um, you know, these are, these are part of the, the things that I really wanted to help us get clear on as parents to help define success for, for our boys because the only thing we have control over is really building our character. Right? Yeah. I also want to question, because um, you mentioned helping them define success. So then are we not doing the same thing mm -hmm. that parents like unknowingly do yeah. is define it for them instead of helping them define it for themselves? Yeah. Well, so that's, I think that's where I was going, but I was kind of um, going on a track where success can be... Um, First, I think I think this is what's important, and it's often what's missed. First, realized by the individual, but developed through character. So, developing a virtuous nature, whether it be discipline, or whether it be you know following your passion, or being really question oriented, like really asking really great questions about different things. Um, trying, being versatile, trying out different things, you get a, a wider variety of uh, tools to to play with. So I, I think that's what I was sort of trying to say is that maybe there's a way to help nudge them in, into a place where they can develop their character so they can get clear on what it is that they truly want and where they want to advance their skills. Yeah. Well, what if maybe define even just the word success? Like, what does that mean? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think it depends on which category you want to talk about success in. Um, so I think relationship success is, would be being able to go through challenging times together. So that's your definition. 
maybe. Well, how am I supposed to define it for everybody? <laughs> no, I meant like, is there like a general, like if you were to look it up on Webster mm. Dictionary, oh, like what that, what that would be and yeah. what like the, the standard is. Yeah, like literally defining the word success. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I have the Webster Dictionary in front of me <laughs> or my phone because it's recording. Right, so. right, okay. So I, 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 don't, I don't know, but I mean, yeah. if, if I had to guess, it would mm -hmm. mean measuring some sort of uh, level of proficiency in a given area. That would be a success potentially. But there's also an emotional connection to success in that there's a feeling of overcoming and, and, and succeeding or like, you know, making it or, you know, making it past a certain obstacle. I think that just finishing a race, for example, would be success because you met a challenge and you overcame the challenge and you crossed the finish line. So, but then there's so many variables on the way there. Like, did, did you walk? Did you run? Did you hurt yourself on the way there? You know, this is where I think breaking down success for an individual is so important. I feel like we're kind of wandering, but does that, no. does that, does that, how would you, how, how would you define success then? Just well, the word. Well, I don't know. I want to know what it's actually defined as. Why? <laughs> because I want to know what the comparison is of, yeah, my own definition of it's going to be completely different than maybe what Webster Dictionary oh, says. I think that's the whole point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, well, okay, for, forget there's even a dictionary at this point in time. Okay. What does that word mean to you? Um, so, to me, it's a feeling. Right, so if I attach like happiness to it, it brings a little bit of pressure with it. Um, so if I were to see it from more of like a neutral place, that the feeling is more of like, yeah, overcoming mm -hmm. and um, recognizing the strength and resilience and um, the work and the commitment that I put into something is success. Mm -hmm. I can't say that's always a driving factor in my life or my decisions because if I look at big picture success for me right now, just being honest, would be like the capacity to travel the world with my boys and with you and having financial freedom to do that and to explore and to learn and that to me feels successful but then if I step back from that um, and kind of unravel that a little bit too, it's, that's not the end point. That's more of, um, I don't really know how to articulate it. It sounds but, like an experience. Yeah, yeah, so to me. A successful experience. A successful experience. <laughs> <laughs> so to me it is being able to like set something and being committed to it and then seeing the, the journey of it um, no matter how easy or hard, and getting to that other side and being able to reflect. Yeah, totally. In something that I've been thinking about more and more is that often I think that it's the really big things that we focus on, and that's also where we can we can feel let down, or we can we can let ourselves down because maybe we weren't disciplined enough to acquire such experience. Um, or maybe for someone it's a, it's a specific health goal or who knows what it is. But I think where we get lost is in the big things and we forget that it's actually the little things that are, that are so empowering for us. So even like, you know, being able to come home with a smile on your face and receive your, receive your family in a loving kind of way. Like that's, to me, that's a success. Or getting up a little bit earlier in the morning and not sleeping in, that's, a, that's also success. So because you know these these experiences where we go say travel the world or even go on family vacations they're a minutia in the the massive expanse of of our life as short as life you know may be for us as individuals but how do we win each day yeah like i think that's so critical because we get so we can get so lost in this bigger story defining that is success until i'm there i can't be happy it's like we we distance ourselves from this emotion because we're not yet there and we may never be there so how do we bring success into every single little moment of our day mm -hmm. so that we can actually build the reserve and like the the experience of success and the feeling of success and to me i think that's what's so important because and that's not even defined like mm -hmm. this is to, to our first point i don't think we clearly clearly define daily success 
Right. So do you think then it's not worthwhile to have um, those bigger picture successes? Oh, no, I think it's just as important. Mm -hmm. but, but I think that when we only do that, right. I think that's where we get stuck. Because if we just say life should be this way over here, right. it should look like this. And that's where I attach my feeling of joy and success and happiness and all the feelings. If that's over there, um, it's like we can't ever experience it. Or we can't ever win. We can't ever win either, yeah. Like, let me say another example. When you, um, when you finish writing your book, that was like, that's on the outside looking in, like, wow, that's an amazing victory. But did you feel that? Um, so when I completed it, yes. When it got published, no. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the point that I'm, like, thank you. The point that I'm trying to make is that you did this, you know, all this adversity, all this challenge mm -hmm. to, to write this book. It's a total slog to get through this entire experience in the midst of being a business owner, a parent, a wife. Like, there's a lot of variables that were working against you. One would think, outside looking in, like, victory, amazing. You wrote this book. But that moment of success, that feeling was like this long. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? Because it's like, what, what else is there? Yeah. That right? and then there's like certain expectations attached to what you've done. Yeah. So again, going back to the parents and wanting them to be proud of you, I had a different image of what it would look like once I wrote a book. Yeah. And that image didn't, wasn't true. Yeah. In reality. Your experience to match the, ex the expectation. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that's, again, like defining um, success is so important because when we don't, then we let moments like that get away from us and mm -hmm. we can't celebrate because we're still stuck in a like, okay, well, that wasn't enough. Okay, well, it's like, you know, I think a lot of people say this, they reach this like massive goal. They have a goal for their business or whatever. And all of a sudden they're still feeling the same way they did exactly. before yeah. because we haven't really understood um, the victory of it or how much courage it took to get there we're stuck on like what's going to happen once it's happened yeah 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 and what else is there yeah because uh, I mean this is what I think is so interesting about us as humans is that we can do all this stuff we, we don't we celebrate it maybe for a moment but we're always looking for that feeling again mm -hmm. that feeling of going through this journey like the hero's journey we're going from you know, not knowing, um, not understanding to slowly understanding more pieces. Like you didn't know how to write a book before you wrote a book, but then you started putting some of the pieces together, started to make sense. There's so much reward in that journey, right? Mm -hmm. and, and then when the product is completed, I think that there's almost maybe a little bit of mourning for the experience but, of yeah. writing the book. Well, it's like when you're on a great hike. Yeah, right? exactly. You're going on the hike and you get to the top and it's amazing. You get this view and then there's some grief of like, oh, now, now what? Yeah. I've already done it. Yeah. yeah. Or like a great book. Mm -hmm. You finish a book. Yes. You're like, oh, if only I could be reading this book, same book again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right? But you can't go back. And so I think yeah. this is what's so cool about this defining... Or a spice shop visit. Or a spice shop visit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When we went traveling in Taiwan, mm -hmm. we used to go to this amazing restaurant every Friday. It was our, it was our date night. Um, but I think, you know, if we were to reflect on that, if we could appreciate that as humans, we need to go through challenging adversarial type moments to build our character so that we can experience success in many different avenues. But then, so my question to you is, mm -hmm. does everything have to be hard? That, well, I think that would might be, um, yes and no. I think that some things, uh, let, let's say getting up early in the morning, for example. Initially, that's really hard, super hard to do. But then eventually you, you get so much more out of doing that. Mm -hmm. Like you give up, like you're sacrificing something, time in bed. But what you're gaining is vitality and connection time. You're gaining so much. So it's no longer hard necessarily. Mm -hmm. Like, would you rather stay in bed? Yeah, sure. But, but the in the, just in that moment, but the reward starts to create its own momentum, it's its own driving force. So I think new things are hard. Yeah. And I think it's meant to be that way because again, how are we supposed to feel successful if you know, we were just able to manifest right now, I want a million dollars, I want my kids to be happy no matter what for the rest of their life, like a genie in a bottle kind of scenario, right? right? Where's the reward in that? Because we have, we have not had to work for it. Mm -hmm. So I think 
uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think initially it, it's going to be hard and that's part of it. And mm. I think we're afraid of the word hard. Yeah. And I think another shift is like shifting from extrinsic motivation to intrinsic. Exactly. Is yeah. what happens when you've gone through that kind of a journey and you yeah. start to realize that there is so much strength here and that's where you can pull from that you don't have to pull from the outside world and the encouragement or the validation or the acceptance um, from out there, but it's really from here. Yeah. And then no matter what you're doing, it becomes a success. Yeah. And so you brought up the word hard. Mm-hmm. Because that's an interesting word, and I know we've talked about that before. Like hard uh, is usually something that we want to avoid, move away from. That sounds painful. We associate hard and pain. And so what, what are some things in your own life where you've experienced things that are hard that, that you, maybe you've sh- done a mindset shift or done something to like, navigate that experience? Well, a big one for me is speaking in front of crowds. Right. Um, since I was quite young. I remember in grade seven doing the speech that we had to do and I like went through it in like 60 seconds <laughs> and the teacher was like, oh, okay. <laughs> there was no response because I just wanted to get off yeah. the stage as quickly as possible and even all the way out through like naturopathic school, even once we graduated. And so um, overcoming that and going on stages, especially ones where there are our colleagues and um really looking at imposter syndrome head Mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. I found that shifted my view about myself and felt more courageous afterwards. Not to say like the, you know, the cortisol still rises, um, things still happen, but I'm able to shift out of it um, more quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I guess my question on the hard thing though was, like, I think adversity is important. I think it's important to do, like, just go in the gym, for example. If we didn't push ourselves, the muscles wouldn't grow. If we didn't yeah. push ourselves, nothing would shift in our body. But is it, like, then are we always inviting challenge? Or, um, you know, when someone's gone through, like, a big T trauma or even, like, micro traumas, and then that becomes a story of, like, I'm not going to grow unless something happens. So then does that not become this, like, almost addictive cycle as well. Like Mm -hmm. we become addicted to that challenge in order to overcome it. And then we're inviting relationships into our lives that shouldn't probably shouldn't be there or opportunities that take us down like a totally different path because we've maybe energetically put out into the universe that we need that to happen in order to grow, in order to like get to that other state of success. So that's where I find like, where's the the line between Mm -hmm. those two because I think like I said before adversity is absolutely important and how much of it do we really need to continue to grow yeah I think that's that's a really important question so why don't you answer it like what do you think I don't know the answer like I question this all the time even thinking about our, our kids and I remember going to a conference I don't know if you remember this gentleman talking. He was talking. He worked with people downtown Eastside, and we were. He was talking about how if you have had childhood adversity, there's more resilience. Mm-hmm. You are going to pause and look at things in a different way. And if you haven't, and all of a sudden you're a teen, or later in later years you you come up against a challenge. Now all of a sudden anxiety is there, depression is there, or your inability to handle that situation. Um, well, it can floor you and not know what to do with it. So again, yes, adversity is important, but like, do we need to have pain? So I guess what I'm coming to is like, the pain is there, but the suffering is still optional. Mm. Very wise. (laughs) Yeah, because pain is in everything. Yeah, pain is not something that we can avoid. And just going to the gym example, like sometimes that's painful, like knowing every Thursday morning we go see our friend mm-hmm. and I know pain is coming, but the reward after is amazing, but I don't suffer in the pain because afterwards I do a sauna or do other things to help support myself um, to overcome it. Yeah. So let's, let's ask the question to bring back at you from a different perspective. What do you feel flows in your life with ease? Because mm-hmm. that's sort of like the balance yeah. between suffering, pain, adversity, and flow and ease, mm-hmm. right? And so things just just pop into my yeah, life. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so well, when do we get that? 
Or uh-huh. is that a belief structure right. that we've wanted to buy into? Because this is something I've been thinking about a lot with like, hedge your bets, just hope for the best, be optimistic. Everything's mm-hmm. going to work out. And, and I think that there, this like defining that, again, getting back to the core message, defining that's super important because sometimes when we step into flow, we think ease and there's no pain here, we just receive. Yeah. But I don't know anything in, in the world where there ha- doesn't have to be some sort of opposite and equal reaction. Like there has to be some effort applied in order, order for there to be receiving. It's like the so, butterfly example. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think this is why it's such an interesting question because I don't know of anything that just pops into your life without doing any work. So like, let's say, for example, let's take it back to the book. You're writing, you're writing the book, you launch out to the world. Now all these things start to pop into your life. You know, uh, new connections, um, new po- new podcasts to speak to, or pe- platforms to speak on, to new opportunities to speak, or like another writing opportunity. You know, but that only came like that state of flow came as a result of moving through something challenging and getting clear on defining something of success success for you. And so, in the cases, you decided to write a book, and then that opened up opportunity. So I think that. I don't know. I don't know if things. I don't know if you could just sit magically there, do nothing at all, and receive. Mm-hmm. There has to be action. There mm-hmm. has to be some sort of implementation. Mm-hmm. And I know the, the movie The Secret. I think confused a lot of people. Yeah. Because it was like just manifest your reality, and you know, and I'm all for that. And there has to be some form of action. It's like the Stoic philosophy: is perception, action, and will. You have to decide how you're going to perceive a situation and then you have to direct your action accordingly and then you know inshallah god willing everything will unfold the way that hopefully you want it to and it may not and so would you, that's also okay right mm-hmm. yeah yeah and i think this is that is where the confusion is because if you know people think about manifestation or setting those goals and but there's no action steps to actually get there and if we're just sitting around waiting then that creates frustration totally and when we're not taking those daily steps we're not going to feel successful we're not going to feel purposeful we're not going to feel that drive to keep going because we're not getting that daily reinforcement within ourselves yeah and that's why i think so important that we really figure out a way to own our day, Mm -hmm. to find the little wins, to at the end of the day or even the next day, look back and go, how did I do yesterday? You know, instead of not from like a a degenerative or like judgmental place, like, wow, you really screwed up yesterday, Nick. Like that was terrible. You know, it's more like, wow, that could have gone better. You know, I recognize that I could have showed up a little bit better for my, for my, for you, for my kids, for at work or whatever. I could have done a little bit better. I can do better today. And I think defining success for ourselves in each day is, is really important and reflecting on that. Yeah. So that we can move towards those really big things that we do want to, these big experiences that we want to have or these big life-changing moments that, that maybe do show up in the state of flow, but only as a result of us doing mm-hmm. some sort of you know, practice or work or discipline. Yeah, I get patients to, um, instead of writing a to-do list in their day, to write a success list. Mm. Things that they actually know they're going to complete no matter what. Right, right, right. So just to kind of build that momentum of of like, oh, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that, I have done that. And to have like gratitude for being able to like commit to something that you know that was coming that day. And so I have found with that practice, a lot of women... Then, then they don't need the success list anymore. Yeah, they're just looking at their day in a different way. Yeah, and and things flow out of that. Like if we were to, you know, we like you and I did this little exercise. We were sort of talking about how we can manage debt and things like that. We defined what uh, a structure could look like in order to reach our end goal. Well, had we not done that, we wouldn't have created, come up with a plan to to actually tackle that. Um, it could be a chronic pain for someone where they actually go in and get testing done. They actually find out what, why am I inflamed or, you know, what's that underlying mechanism or recognizing you're tired all the time, you're gaining weight and you actually go and look at your hormonal system. You're getting a definition for where you are now and then there's an opportunity to make that better. You know, how much 
suffering do we just choose to stay in because we're not actually getting clear a clear read on what's actually going on currently mm -hmm. so that we can move towards some sort of state of success mm -hmm. right like yeah so what i'm hearing is like success actually is finding the opportunity in all of it hmm. so when there's some stuckness or when there's pain or when there's something that isn't working taking that next action step and finding the opportunity in that can make us feel even just slightly successful yeah. about like moving in the right direction yeah and i think like hormonally speaking and neurotransmitter speaking mm -hmm. every time you complete a little task you get a little surge of dopamine right like we talked about we were joked about this in a couple of podcasts ago where we we're trying to help um you know define a hack for for wives or partners to to get their husbands to do more around the house right. start with the small things like refill the toilet paper roll or take the garbage out like these are like little wins that help you or help the family dynamic but we can do that we can play that same game with ourselves you're like hey let's just get out of bed 10 minutes earlier mm -hmm. i'm going to push my meal window back a little bit more today I'm going to, you know, spend a little bit more time outside. I'm going to journal today. Even for like, I'm going to write down two sentences about and what I'm And be realistic for. about it too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, instead of saying, I'm going to tackle the whole house. Everything's going to be <laughs> totally list, great. Yeah, check, yeah. Check, check, check. all the closets are going to be clean. Yeah. Maybe that one closet gets clean that week. Exactly. And just, yeah, feeling that. Like I felt that with my closet. Oh, totally. I've been looking at it for months and months. And yeah. then one day I said, okay, that's the only thing I'm going to be doing today. Yeah. And then I was able to <laughs> shift it. Cool. So what are some of the hormonal things that show up for people? So we talked about yeah. dopamine, these little hits and surges of like, oh, I can do this. And it becomes this gener it's like there's no end in sight. There's yeah. this generation of dopamine that can get elicited because of we're, we're you know, providing our body, our, mm -hmm. our life and our experience with good behavior that's, that we're getting rewarded for. Yeah. And there's like a difference even in how much dopamine we get with certain actions, yeah. right. right? So if, you know, like kids with video games are getting like little surges. Yeah. Sugar, little surges. Um, but the, when they require very little effort. Yeah. <laughs> very little effort. But when you do things like I think they, there was a study even showing cold showers, yeah. the dopamine surge is like huge and like longer standing. Yeah. So that motivation and that fuel that you feel in your brain stays for a lot longer when you're doing things where you feel like you've conquered something. Yeah. And you feel successful. So we don't get those crashes yeah. of like dopamine up and down. And then what happens then that transforms into oxytocin. Yeah. And then we feel very steady and we feel very connected to ourselves from that space of feeling victorious to connection. Yeah. And then let's talk about like adrenaline and epinephrine. You know, this is where doing something new, I think is so important. Doing something that is challenging, like cold shower, I think it's going to spike adrenaline and you're going to feel that surge and that's going to, facilitate more dopamine release. I find even for myself, now that I've been doing different kinds of exercise, like handstands and headstands and cartwheels and all sorts of things, like I'm scared when I'm upside down because I feel like I'm gonna fall. Mm -hmm. But that stimulates that surge of adrenaline, which helps with neurogenesis, helps the brain to develop and find and the new- the blood flow to the brain too, the, yeah, when yeah, upside down. <laughs> totally. But I find like there's things that I, and so I've changed the way that I've even defined exercise. It, I want to be more fluid in my body, but I also want specific goals. I want to be able to do a handstand and hold it really easily. I want to be able to do like back flips and front flips and things like that. Not because I want to be in Cirque du Soleil or like anything like mm -hmm. that. I mean, there's some incredible people out there that can absolutely manipulate their body in phenomenal ways. That's not my goal. My goal is to be able to move in my body and do these challenging things that I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And that's moving me towards something. So I'm not just exercising because I'm, it's healthy. The goal is to, like, to, to, to check things off. So now when I can do a handstand, I feel phenomenal. And mm -hmm. it stimulates this, this surge and this reward and this stress response to the adrenaline that helps to feed that behavior so that the next time I do it, I'm a little bit better at it. Yeah. Not a whole lot better, but yeah. I'm a little bit better. It also helps to overcome fear in that way too. Massive, yeah. So I remember when we were in India and a yoga teacher there almost forced me into a headstand mm -hmm. and my neck was hurting after. And then from that day on, it's something I just didn't want to try. Yeah. And then we have been going to Baja for, been there quite a few times and I started going regularly to this one yoga teacher, trusted him, knew that yeah. it was safe. and. 
he helped me get into a headstand. Wow. I had no idea I was doing it myself. Yeah. And I remember that feeling afterwards that day. I was like, I can do anything yeah. <laughs> because I was able to conquer this. And then even our son the other day, like, he has a huge fear of needles because mm -hmm. of his first oh, yeah. experience at a hospital. And then we needed to give him a nutritional IV the other day and yeah. talk to him and finally convinced him. And now he did it, even though he still says, oh, it hurt. But I know, yeah. like his eyes after, like he knew he was successful. Totally. And that, just that, trying it again, planted something for him that, oh, I can overcome things. Yeah. So like going back to what we said before, does success require this you know, preceding event of pain, suffering, mm -hmm. fear? Like, mm -hmm. I think it just helps it helps like this is the thing like it really truly helps you move move through so that you can go like wow that was really really hard and i experienced some form of success that i decided not i didn't see it online so i had to do it that way i decided for myself that i just need to show myself that i did a little bit of it and then that starts to build. Mm -hmm. and, and I think there's so much reward in doing that daily. Okay, so we talked about a few of the different neurotransmitters, right? The dopamine. And then, like you mentioned, you felt like you could conquer anything. What is that? What hormone is that? Mm -hmm. What neurotransmitter is that? I would say serotonin. Okay. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, all of them. It's like that, that okay. feeling of joy and like, yes. wow. And like, yeah. self love. I mean, I would say a big one is more dopamine and right. that, that combination of dopamine, sure. serotonin. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Okay, so then what about hormones? Like when we don't, when we keep avoiding our pain, when we keep avoiding tasks, when we don't, we haven't clearly defined what success is for us, what kind of hormonal state do you mm -hmm. think that we'd find yeah, ourselves in? Yeah, we're stuck in? in survival, so that's in that sympathetic state. Yeah. So now there's more cortisol because we're constantly stressed about what could happen or what yeah. I'm not doing and putting ourselves down or whatever the mindset is um, showing up in that moment. But then we're stuck in that state of cortisol, which reduces our sex hormones, yeah. like the estrogen, the progesterone, and testosterone. And so then we're not successful in our body anymore. Yeah. And, and then we're, we're not successful with our cravings. Yes. Right? Yes. Our it's moods. like a cookie is just going to make everything feel That's better right. now. That's <laughs> right. Everything, sleep, all of it gets impacted. Yeah. 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 Okay. So cortisol dominance, right? Yeah. And so that for women, what does that mean for your monthly cycle? Yeah. So it could create irregularity. It could create mood changes. Regularity in your... your in your cycle yeah. length. Um, because it's pulling from progesterone. <laughs> so fill in the blanks. I know, it's, yeah. it's so good. <laughs> yes. I just want you to be so cortis specific Cortisol it's so comes from progesterone. Yeah. So if we're stuck in a high cortisol state, we're depleting our progesterone, which will create irregularity in our cycles, in our moods. Um, that's usually when PMS shows up. Women that are menopausal, that's where hot flashes, night sweats, all these symptoms will start to show up because we are stuck in a state. And weight gain too, mm -hmm. right? And thyroid dysfunction. Yeah, yeah, all of it. All of it. So, and then when we do complete the task, let's say we're not stuck in that fight or flight cortisol space, what's happening to progesterone, estrogen, testosterone? Yeah, so we were talking about before how we get into a state of dopamine and then the long-term state of that is oxytocin. So yeah. if oxytocin is high, your reproductive hormones are high, your estrogen, your progesterone, your testosterone, like all of it will help shift. Yeah. 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 And so that means more more ease, mood changes aren't so like up and down. We just yeah. feel calmer. There's more regularity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is so important in relationships too, because I think that as a couple and where intimacy is really important to nurture and support a relationship. And if we're if we're not, you know, all the things that we just spoke about it's easy to pick up on resentment from your partner. And then you go, my partner's got a problem with me now. And, and I think so much miscommunication can happen because we're not, maybe we're not feeling successful in what we're doing. We see that our partner's feeling let down maybe, or, and there was a resentment there, and, our, and that oxytocin isn't, isn't there. And so this, this opportunity for intimacy is really challenging, right? Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so maybe you do want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, because I would anger say that's and a resentment. Okay. So it's usually anger first, um, and some it's often within ourselves. Like we're angry that we're not on the path that we are supposed to be, or we're not. If we're comparing um, to others, why aren't we there? So that can transform into resentment, which is a lot deeper. Mm -hmm. And when that shows up, um, hormonally speaking, what's happening is your testosterone is often higher plus your oxytocin, but then your estrogen and progesterone are low. So the reason why oxytocin is still high is that it's one of those things that has this positive 
impact on the cycle, so it'll make the testosterone even higher too. And then we're stuck in this state of um, more contraction and less flow because our estrogen and progesterone are so low. So then when we're stuck in that state, we can't see from all the different angles. We can't see the opportunity now in the little messages that we're receiving or the discomforts that are showing up. But instead, everything is from that lens of like, life is happening to me, things can't change, this is so frustrating because no matter what I do, nothing is working and it's his fault. <laughs> so Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. And then we pick yeah. up on that. Yeah, and energetically. Like, okay, like, what did I do? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. and often, you know, like, we are the center of our own universe, and um, we don't realize that the energy that we're giving off, especially in an intimate relationship, is impactful to the other person, and for the other person to also recognize when their partner is going through something. The first question can be, like, how can I support you? What is happening for you in this moment? Mm -hmm. Instead of feeling like, oh, it's me again yeah. and I'm being attacked. But instead of just pausing and recognizing, wow, I wonder if they're going through some discomfort and how mm -hmm. can I support them? It's not easy in the moment always, no. of course. But I think if we have more conversations around it, it can become easier. Yeah, and I think it's so important. So like when that question is asked, instead of going, nothing, nothing's wrong, like everything's fine, clearly it's not. But if it's also, we have to take responsibility and go, okay, I'm tired, I haven't slept well, um, you know, kids are sick, all, all the different things. Like, oh, we're talking about today? Oh, well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but, but I think it's so helpful because then, then you're at least saying, here's some criteria of why I'm in a cortisol dominant state, why my estrogen progesterone might be low, why I'm feeling like I just have to get things done, so I just have to get through this day, right? Because well, it's... Because if, when we're hearing that from the other side, we're like, oh man, like, yeah, she's really wiped out or he's really wiped out, whatever, you know, depending mm -hmm. on which vantage point you're coming from. And what can I do to like help and support you, right? Because I think it's common when we're in resentment, we're not, actually, we're not really gonna communicate very well what's actually going on. Yeah. Whereas like, I'm pissed at you because my, my life right now is not going well you're part of the problem and I'm not going to give you the benefit of knowing why I'm not at my best right now. And I'm going to make you think that it's possibly your fault, <laughs> but, but I'm going to keep that to myself. Like I think so many like disagreements and challenges can happen as a result of that. So one of the things that we've committed to each other is Sunday nights, we're going to, we're going to talk about stuff. Mm -hmm. Maybe like last time we got some stuff done even together mm -hmm. that we know that we need to do. So, you know, what do you think about that making like scheduling in like a meeting with your mm -hmm. partner? Yeah, well, just say we have to set aside time to define our days and our successes. We also have to set aside time with our partners to define that with each other yeah. because it is a, your dreaming life together. But if the dreams are completely different, yeah. then um, that's going to create challenge in the everyday. Sure. And that's what's going to create the resentment because then we're not on that path together. So, yes, I think it's so important to have time to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So we started this whole conversation around like parenting and where a lot of our ideas of success have come from. We took everybody on a little journey of different things that we you know, maybe define success as, and like, I think we had some really interesting insights f just from mm -hmm. talking about it. And then talking about from a hormonal neurotransmitter point of view, like to maybe summarize or put a little, you know, bow on our conversation, like what, any, like, what do you, th what do you think that yeah. we can say to sort of tie some of these things and these threads together? Well, I would say take the next action step. So even after listening to this podcast, um, spend some time with yourself and maybe question, ask yourself that question, how do I define success in all the different areas of life, your relationship, your finances, your career, your yeah. health, your spiritual um, connection, like all of it, define that for, or maybe write down um, how it's been defined and mm. ask yourself, like, does that actually resonate with yeah. me? Yeah. And then try to redefine it and then take that one little step to help maybe shift something or validate something, whatever you need to do. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I think on a daily basis, we can kind of reflect on our own behavior of, you know, where am I in a, just a paradigm of discomfort because I've let a definition of success dictate how I'm going to be in this moment versus, 
oh, here's a, here's a repeating pattern in my life. I know this is painful. Is there something I can do just slightly different than, I, than I've done before? And that might, you know, encourage some journaling and some like, okay, this happened. This is what I usually do. This is how I think that a, you know, a successful outcome from that situation should go. This is where I, I got to. I can see that I made a slight bit of improvement, but now it's time to like redefine that whole idea of success when, when I'm faced with that challenge, whatever it may be. It could be like going to the cupboard to pick up a cookie when, when really like you got to deal with your emotions or, you know, a conversation with your partner or the way you interact with your kids or, you know, how present were you at work, you know, whatever it may be. Okay. Why are you laughing? Because <laughs> sometimes you keep going with examples, um, but I know you're done. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay. So as you can see, there's a ton of different conversations that can come up around the changes that happen to our hormonal system over time and just the way that our physical body feels, looks, adapts, responds to life's ongoing stressors. Yeah, so it's so important to self-reflect and understand and have support in understanding what is happening, how your hormones are changing, and how your lifestyle needs to change accordingly. Yeah, so we want to invite you into our masterclass program called the Metabolic Upgrade. And this is where we're teaching people how to fast, how to get control of their metabolic function. What how, what's a mitochondria? What does it mean to make more energy in your body, to have energy to heal? Mm -hmm. Right. And especially that insulin resistance piece that we spoke about and we really want to tap into that and understand like what is happening with my blood sugar levels and that weight gain around the abdominal area and all those things that we feel like we can't control. Yeah. So weight loss resistance doesn't have to be your reality. It doesn't have to be anyone's reality. When we start to really understand our hormonal system, what our body needs to do in order to metabolically become more flexible, this is a huge part of this journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So join us. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Health Ignited podcast. Be sure to download, subscribe, and share as we build this conscious community together. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and our website, drsjensen.com. Please note all information on this podcast is not and should not be taken as medical advice. Please see a healthcare professional to receive the care needed. Thank you for sharing this time with us, igniting your health freedom. And welcome to the tribe.